Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, someone whose work has not only been transforming relationships globally for many years, but also has had a profound impact on my own personal life. I talk a lot about creating a soul-aligned life, and I think a really important part of that is building harmonious relationships. So with that being said, I'm so excited to announce that today we're going to have Alison Armstrong on our podcast. She's a renowned global expert in understanding men and women. She's an acclaimed author, and through her work, she has been helping people from all walks of life transform their relationship. My husband and I, when we first, when we were first dating, we really were able to have a deep dive into her work. When we first discovered her work, we would often listen to her when we were on road trips driving. And as we were listening to her, we turned to each other and go, oh my God, that's why you do that. And it was like a light bulb moment just went off and we understood why we behave the way we do. So many of the techniques and processes I implemented into my life in my relationship that I still use to this day. And it's been an incredible journey of discovery that has really helped our relationship. My husband delved even deeper into Alison's teaching, studying her courses, and they've been so helpful to us. So it's a great honor for us to have Alison on our podcast today, sharing her wisdom for us. Let's dive in. Thank you so much, Alison, for being here. It's amazing to have you here because my husband and I, we were actually we were married at the start of the year. And we were dating five years prior to that, but mm. our relationship was actually what introduced us to mm. um, your trainings. And we had a bit of a deep dive into all of your learnings. We have an age gap as well. We met when I was 23, he was 44, and he was actually going through the tunnel phase at the time. And even just learning about that, understanding what that was through your teachings, really was so helpful for me to understand and you know I'm very happy to say today sitting with us he's in his king phase and he's doing some amazing work in the world um and for everyone who's not yet familiar with Allison's work she speaks about the phases of men's development that they um that they go through and it's it's very very helpful if you have men in your life and you're wanting to understand more about them uh, Alison, I know you've been teaching for many, many years and you have a huge body of work. <laughs> yes. I'm very interested to know what was it that actually sparked your, because I know you said you made the decision to study men. What was that kind of that sparked it? Well, so for anyone who reads or listens to the Queen's Code, which is largely fiction, um, in the first chapter, the main character experiences what I actually experienced. I was in I was in a seminar um, at Landmark Education. Uh, I was sitting next to a colleague. Um, the trainer, Herb Tanzer, was talking about relationships and communication. And my colleague raised her hand with a lot of energy. <laughs> and he gave her a microphone and she said, why is it that men are wonderful in the beginning? And they'll listen to you talk about your pets and your family as if they care and take you to wonderful places and give you romantic gifts. And then after a few weeks or a few months, they turn into sports watching, pizza eating, bear belching, couch slugs. Why is that? <laughs> 
a, a spitfire of a redheaded Texan with bright pink lipstick who who dressed to attract a certain kind of attention. <laughs> One time she said to me that, you know, she was short of money, that she was really short of money. And I'm like, do, do you need any? And she said, oh, no, I'll just date a lot. <laughs> yeah yeah so when herb approached her and deliberately checked her out from bottom to top and down again because of all the in the energy she was putting out and then he said oh i see you my dear are a frog farmer mm. <laughs> and you know the whole audience were about 200 people there like her first like opening salvo everybody's on the edge of their seats the men cross their legs after her couch like comment and 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 he just looked at her and he made her ask and she's tapping her foot and she finally said okay 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 what's a frog farmer and he said some women turn frogs into princes you my dear turn princes into frogs and like part of the audience gasped, he turned around and walked away. She stuck her tongue out at his back, <laughs> handed off the microphone, sat down. I'm sitting next to her going, I'm a frog farmer. I'm a very successful frog farmer. <laughs> and I was like, wow. But I, I was so excited because the idea that I was bringing out the worst in men meant that men aren't the worst I thought they were. I thought all they were was the worst and the rest was a con. I didn't, and I was going to reveal the con before I fell for it again. And later on, it just became clear after I, I didn't know how I brought up the worst of men because I was so normal. And so I, the, if this question popped into my head, what if men are responding to women? And I decided to pursue that question. And I've only realized like in the last year that the questions that have popped in my head since 1991, they're not my questions. <laughs> they're, they're coming from a higher consciousness that I, I'm just good at listening and complying. <laughs> so that was the first question. What if men are responding to women? And then the next question was, <laughs> what if there's a good reason for that? And the next question was, what if no one's misbehaving? Then what if no one's misbehaving, including you? <laughs> and then the last thing that popped into my head that I've been chasing down, oh, yeah, yeah, it's five years now. Honor yourself first or all is lost. Mm. So funny. I've been unpacking that and unpacking it, unpacking it in our course called Lux. Um, one of our introductory courses that's the new foundation of all of my work um, explores that honor yourself first or all is lost. And how would you honor yourself and how would you help other people to honor you? Mm. So okay. that's where it started and that's where it's gone. And uh, first thing I had to do was learn to listen instead of interrupt. <laughs> Give men a chance to answer the question. And that was the beginning of being blown away. Nothing, nothing has been as I thought. I In the beginning, I was always wrong. Now I'm still sometimes wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong. 
I love how you've, I, you've pointed out, I don't remember where you've said it, you've probably said it a few times, that when a woman asks, asks a man a question and he doesn't respond straight away, it's because he's mm-hmm. like diving deep to give that genuine response. And then a lot of women like, oh, you're stupid or, you know, he, he didn't understand the question. So they throw another one and another one, another one. And that's, I found once I shared that with Athena, mm-hmm. there was, there was a big shift there. Yeah. Yes. Really well, it, it's, thank you for bringing that up because, so one of the myths about men is that men are non-committal. And it's worse than a myth. It's the exact opposite of the truth. Testosterone creates a committed state of mind. And, and something has to be worth doing, meaning there's got to be an upside that accounts for everything. And, and then you, and you commit to it. And so that includes when a woman asks a question, the first thing y'all are doing is committing to answering the question. And you'll even see, well, I'm going to need to think about this Mm -hmm. or, oh, I could come up with this, right. And give it now. But women assume that you're like women, that Mm -hmm. you just answer off the top of your head because we're non-committal. This is why we keep revising it and changing our minds because we don't, our brain isn't, it doesn't built that way. And we can focus and we can commit and it takes a ton of energy specifically testosterone and it and it can wear us out we're we're more meant to be connective to have this diffuse awareness it's paying attention to everything going on while the the hunter (laughs) the hunter can track a moving object so much better than a woman and the faster it's going the bigger the difference and this causes all kinds of problems and um used to ask my husband the only task he had for the family party was to clean off the bar and he'd clean off the bar and I'd go look at it and all his books and magazines were gone and I'd say what about the dust (laughs) he said what dust and I was like okay so dust doesn't move (laughs) that's why he doesn't see it the socks don't (laughs) the dust doesn't move it's irrelevant to what he's focused on so all these things, I just, I just started pulling the strings and you guys commit to the question and then you like bring up the first bucket from the well, if we're waiting. And then if we keep waiting, you'll go and check, is there more about that? More about that? More about that? And then, and then you'll say, that's all about that. And most women have never heard men say that. That's all I got to say about that. They've never heard it because when you don't answer immediately, they figure you didn't understand the question, so they rephrase the question. And then when you not realizing that the difference between where should we go on vacation and where do you want to go on vacation, those are two completely different questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say, where do you want to go on vacation? Oh, right. Oh, right. Question. Oh, I should think about that. What? Huh? <laughs> Okay, where should we go on vacation? Oh, I wanted to think about the other question. (laughs) Okay, let me go. Where should we go on vacation? Okay, that takes in currency, security, COVID, however that's in play these days. How long will we have? How much time do we want to travel? How much do we want to relax? What do we need out of the vacation? (laughs) You guys are so thorough, right? And, 
whole process. You're just starting on that. And she'll say, Spain or France, pick one. And you're like, oh, you didn't really want to know what I thought in the first place. <laughs> and then you guys, just, you're just upset. Like, why did you waste my time on something you didn't really want to know what I thought? And and that's what I try to tell women, only ask questions that you're so committed to the answer, you will wait for it. Even if it takes three days or three months, <laughs> you'll wait for the answer. Thank you. And it's very, all these little mindset shifts or from the understanding, the true understanding of how men think has been so powerful. And it's really interesting when you speak about this frog farming, because this is something I see a lot, you know, in the realm around in the world. And on the other hand, I've seen very successful men that will say my true success, the my next level success, I reached it once I got married, once I had a wife, once I had a woman there behind me. So I'm really interested in what is it that a woman can actually do to inspire a man, to inspire a man to become his best? What is some behavior or different types of mindset shifts and thinking that she can start to implement, actually support a man, inspire him rather than diminish him? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so each one of the things I'm about to say, I could... I could, I could spend hours, if not days on, okay? So first, if you start with, he's not supposed to be like a woman. Mm -hmm. um, everything that's obvious to you is not obvious to him. Everything that's obvious to him is probably not obvious to you. And we all act like what's obvious just is obvious. So we get really frustrated and we assume the other person is being dense or stubborn or, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> um, and then it's, it's, so how come I, I never committed to study men. I just had a question pop in my head. I wanted to find out what I was doing to bring out the worst and maybe find out something to bring out the best. Stunned when I stopped doing what was bringing out the worst to find out that who men are when you aren't antagonizing them is fantastic. You don't even have to do good for them to be amazing. And, and so it's this really interesting combination of, um, <laughs> well, first of all, if you don't know who you are, he can't commit to you. You're an unknown. You're a, a lifelong guess. It's too big of a crapshoot. So you got to get clear about who you are and what you require. If you're going to be important in my life, this is what I've got to have. I'm not willing to live without it because living without it brings out the worst in me and I'm not willing to be the worst I am. Then the second thing is you, if you don't believe in him, just stop. Just stop. If you've got a whole change program, rehabilitation program, you think he's got a lot of potential, but you don't really like him the way he is, <laughs> you want to up the ambition factor or whatever it is, no, just stop. If you don't believe in who he is and who he's trying to be and the goodness of his intentions and ambitions, and, and there, there's something about him that has you want to support him, 
because that's that's what they need from a mate. They need to be believed in. They need her to share his vision, see his vision, get it, not make fun of it or think it's, you know, yeah, right, we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just thought about a, <laughs> an example from my boyfriend. And the and then there's the there's acceptance, which a whole lot of acceptance women usually don't even engage in. Maybe never, maybe not till they're married. And it's something that we should be working on even before. What can I accept and what I cannot accept? So it's it's this, it's an it's a belief and acceptance, and it's also boundaries. Like you're better than this. Or do you, I need this from my mate. Do you want to be that man? Do you want to be like that? And I mean, I've been engaged in that for two and a half years with my boyfriend. My husband died four years ago. And when I presented him with, this is the list, which I did very early on, but then we had to revisit it. Like the question is, these are serious. These are my deal breakers. Mm-hmm. Do you, So when you read them, do you want to be that for you? Do you mm-hmm. want to be that man? Because that's the life I come with. So if you're not committed to freedom and being restored completely, like a determination, if you're not committed to generating a great life, if you're not committed to doing my entire curriculum, (laughs) if you're not committed to a healthy diet and lifestyle, if you're not committed to sex as a process of clarification that goes on for years, then we're not right for each other. I'm not right for you and you're not right for me, which is one of the things that men get. I love this about you guys, Daryl. You guys get that if she's not right for you, you're not right for her. You don't think it can just be one-sided. If you can't give her what she needs, you know you're not the right guy for her. If you can't make her happy, then you're not the right guy for her. If you can't buy into and support and think you can afford her dreams and desires, then you know you're not the right guy for her. She should get a guy that can do that. And it's this way that you're you're so much more sensible about love, right? That love's the easy part. (laughs) Fitting together and meeting each other's needs and going in the same direction and choosing to keep going in the same direction, whoever's adjusting their course, right? That you keep or lining up those tracks. And I don't believe people grow apart. I believe people either start apart or they choose apart by little degrees. They choose apart. They make a decision without their partner. And you all are really sensitive to that. Now, as you know, chemistry can make you stupid. Makes everybody stupid. (laughs) Too much chemistry. Not any chemistry. Yay, chemistry. Too much chemistry. Uh, We'll have a man marry a woman, dib her. He wants to dib her. Don't let her get away. Um, When none of the right things are in place. When he's just, I can't live without her. I got to have her. Makes us all silly. Same thing for a woman. How do I, how do I get him and keep him? I got to get him and keep him no matter what, but honey, are you getting what you need? 
Well, no. But, well, yeah, kind of mostly, but I love him. <laughs> all right, I'll stop. What do you guys want to say about all that? Yeah, it's really, really interesting to hear that it's this internal decision of like, well, actually, this is what I need. And even coming early and being able to present and share that, I think that's such a different shift. And actually, I remember one of your Instagram posts that you posted, I think, a couple of months ago. And it was quite controversial. It really took my attention because... <laughs> with all the dating advice and dating gurus, it was actually the complete opposite. Um, mm. It was a post where you spoke about that a woman needs to act as a wife prior to marriage. And a lot of dating gurus say the opposite. It's you only hold or act like the wife after marriage. And I'm sorry, got a lot of attention because people were like, what? I'd love if you could expand a little bit about that because it's one that I was really intrigued by as well. Well, it has to do with um, what a man is looking for. So mm -hmm. women are much bigger believers in change. They believe a man will change. Men are the opposite. Not only do they not believe she will change, they think it'd be dishonorable to ask her to change. And if she isn't already doing enough of what you need, you're going to, they're going to assume she's giving everything she wants to give. And so he won't even ask her for something else that he needs from a mate. He'll just decide she's not his mate. Mm -hmm. So that interplay um, of, can I give him what he needs? Can he give me what I need? And, the, and one of the things that people don't pay attention to is, do they want what I want to give? Do they value what I want to give? Because real fulfillment in a relationship comes as much from what you get to give to them as what you get from them. And you may be getting everything you need from them, except they don't appreciate what you want to give to them. Heartbreaking for men and for women. So, mm -hmm. so men marry the women who are being their wives. It doesn't mean they've got it down perfectly. It doesn't mean they know it all. It means that they, they care, they're active about it. Um, they're cheerleader, they're interested, then and they're, do you need any support from me? What can I do for you? They're speaking up about what are they mad about or sad about or scared about because men are always wondering, uh oh, what's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> Women who will say what's going on. So then you can do something about it. It's like a miracle. So that kind of partnership, that kind of um, in it with you, we're going to work this out unless we find out we can't. And that's what Dan and I committed to two and a half years ago, an, an exclusive exploration of who we can be for each other. And we fell in love hard and fast. I mean, it was, it was when we met, it was a reunion, right? <laughs> one, of, one of each other's soulmates and just this, oh, oh, it's you. Oh, yay. And and we made a pact, <laughs> no U-Hauls or remodeling <laughs> for a year. <laughs> and okay, so we love each other. That's easy. We really enjoy each other most of the time. That's great. 
but do we fit? Can we give each other what the other needs? And one of the most important things, and you guys, I, I know you've gone through it or you wouldn't end up married. You got to see the other person's worst. Yeah. And know you, yes, and know that you can be with it. Know that you can recover for it. Know that you don't hate them and never want to know them <laughs> again. Like, is that, okay, so was that the worst you got? Is that, or is there, is there more? Show me. Because if someone else, we call it collapsing your space. If, if, if the other person collapses their space, disappears, sucks down and withdraws, or goes into fight overdrive, when you show your worst, <laughs> if you can't develop a commitment to, okay, let's figure out how to deal with your worst and my worst, if you can't do that, if you're just like that, I'm out of here. Um, it's important to know that. Too many people, and this is why I'm always working with women on this. I, I have men in smart singles too. We conceal our worst. Women, women conceal problems because they think I'm going to be loved for being perfect. And if I have a problem, I'm not perfect. Well, men are trying to figure out, okay, what kinds of problems are we going to have? Okay. Like I remember a man saying, well, my wife and I got married. We we hadn't worked the sex thing out, but we had enough communication. We could solve all other kinds of problems. And I thought, hmm, that's the worst problem we have. We will have gotten off easy. And I remember sitting there going, he married someone knowing that wasn't sorted out yet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love these people, <laughs> but it's, it's something you keep looking for. And I have to tell women this too. What do you see in action? It's easy to say, yeah, I'm on board for that. But then how do they show they're on board for that? And I think that's another thing I've learned from men and appreciate from men. It's like, okay, you say you love me, but I don't feel loved. I don't, ex how you show love, <laughs> taking my balls at the door every time I come through. No, this, no, mm -hmm. reporting on a feeling in your chest that has no kindness, no warmth, no affection, no support coming at me. It isn't it. Definitely. And it definitely, yeah. And it's one of the things that comes up for women who are kicking it, right? I, geez, I, I know what it's like, but it, a man's got to be a high enough priority to know that he's going to get enough of what he needs. And if, and he will attack, you could probably speak to this, Daryl. Even when you don't mean to, men will attack what they see is in line in front of them to get yeah. what they need from their partner because they're they want to get it from their partner, like her attention, her support, her affection. That means more than anybody else's. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and there's this 
Her volunteering is in front of me. I don't get enough time to get enough attention. Her business is always the priority. So I don't get attention when I need it most. Um, so it's something that we've got to work out. If you're going to have a partner, what I recommend, if you want it to really work, your partnership needs to be your first priority. And then in that, on the same teamness, then you figure out how to get enough, which is a really important word to employ, enough. We're never going to have the ideal amount, but what's enough? And you can tell you have enough because you're not upset. You're not off balance. <laughs> you're not unwell. You're good. I have enough. Mm -hmm. Is it ideal? No, it doesn't need to be. It's enough. And so that's one of the things that couples have to talk about. What's enough time together? What's enough sex? What's enough support? And what is the form of that support? Mm. <laughs> so powerful. And I, you know, you touching on how in the life of a woman, even a successful businesswoman, being able to prioritize relationship, because with my audience, I know that that is something that some of you who are listening right now may be going through as well. And Alison, it's really interesting because I know you are also, you are a successful businesswoman and you do talk about um, for a woman to be in a feminine, she needs to be well-rested, not exhausted. And so I know that some of the women who are listening today have this incredibly successful business, are doing amazing, but their relationships, their love life isn't the way that it should be. Um, and part of it is because there is a big prioritization of the business. But for these women, is there any advice that you could give them, especially as a successful business owner yourself? Oh, um, <laughs> oh boy. Well, a couple things. One is, it keeps, there's, they're big questions, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what we what we need is more time space. Mm -hmm. So when a woman is given a deadline, which all successful women have given themselves big deadlines, <laughs> many deadlines, deliver, deliver, deliver. And when we're under the gun like that, we we'll focus to the best of our ability and we which means we'll screen out everything considered irrelevant and and the whole way of being the getter done kick butt accomplishment it's not what a man is looking for from a woman in a romantic context he can admire it he can love working with it cuz she's to the point and we're going to succeed together but that's not who he wants to snuggle with. <laughs> and so, and it's exhausting to us. So one of the things that I did, and we've been in business since 1995, um, which puts us in like the top 1% of businesses that we even still exist after all this time. And it... The thing that I did that had me have the same amount of enthusiasm as I did in 1995 
is I refuse to set deadlines. I refuse to set goals. By this time, we're going to be this place. Mm. And we had we had things we definitely wanted to do. We had we had goals. We had, but we had these flexible um, by whens, so that we could breathe. So that instead of like every consultant tells me I should be having 20 to 30 minute calls with my staff. No, I schedule an hour. <laughs> I schedule an hour so we can be, so we can think, so we can handle the business, but stay connected. Most of my employees, we hang up the phone. Okay, thank, thanks for this. I love you. Talk to you tomorrow. I love you too. Bye. <laughs> it's so that kind of warmth that buoys us up. And, and then it also, if you make more space for achieving your dreams, that space, and men are very sensitive to this. Is there space for me? Is there enough room for me? She doesn't have room for me. She's amazing, but there's no room for me. And that room is, is there time space? And I, I tell women, if it's going to take six weeks for you to shoehorn a man into your schedule if he wants a relationship <laughs> no it's never going to work and he knows that he knows that from the very beginning no she doesn't have space for me let's find somebody else who does mm. so if we just everything like plan 10 more minutes to get out the door right <laughs> plan 10 more years to make your million dollars. <laughs> just, just however long you think you can do it in, add room. And then your whole way of being changes. And, mm -hmm. and this is how women can be in a business and yet the people around her experience be nurtured. And mm -hmm. this goes back to the bring out the best in men. Daryl, you know this, you literally get life force from women. You, oh, you, yeah. You're fed, it's energetic. Sure. And if she's exhausted from what she's doing, she's got none for you, whether it's the kids, right? Whether it's the kids or business or her passionate fundraising for her favorite charity. If she's exhausted, she doesn't, you cannot recharge from her. Sure. And yeah, you can't. So- if as women, we give ourselves the sleep that we need, we ask for support to get the sleep we need and then use it <laughs> and to have the time alone to have, um, it's so cute. I mean, I don't live with my boyfriend. He, I live 90 footsteps from him <laughs> and we visit each other every day. Um, and but to live with him, I would be drained from paying attention to him. So I get what I need, puttering around my little house so that I'm overflowing. Mm -hmm. Do you know, it's men can tell when a woman is a half empty or worse swimming pool. They, you, they can tell by how much light is coming out of her face mm -hmm. and or not. And when it is, it's like, Ooh, an overflowing swimming pool. <laughs> Let me get down downhill from that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I I intuitively pick up. Well, 
whether it's intuition or just the yeah. knowing you so well. Um, when Athena has been, you know, having deadlines, etc., and she's exhausted, I'll know to not ask for attention if I need it, or um, letting her sleep in, knowing that she's she's got to recharge, etc. So that's yeah, mm. that's something that's really um, hit home for us is mm. is that women definitely need that space and then the recharge otherwise it's it just creates tension mm. and it's so interesting oh, sorry i interrupted you no it, go ahead i can say it after um i was just saying it's so interesting to hear you say that because i feel like i have very intentionally been focused on setting up a business not as a man would run it but what I need as a woman. So I've got more cycles thinking, I've got sleeping in, I've got a lot of support. And yet, just today I was walking around going, oh, I've got to launch this course by this date. It's really stressing me out because I want to prioritize time with family, but how am I going to do that? And just hearing you say it, it's like breath of fresh air. I'm like, oh my God, no deadline. Like, it's just <laughs> a mindset shift, really. Wow, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Just You just push it back. Like, you know, we don't have to, no, this is not a deadline. No one's going to die. So, and we're mission driven and we know that our mission, which ultimately comes down to heaven on earth, mm-hmm. not accomplishable in our lifetime. And, but the company, the drive, the vision will take everything from us that it can. It's so compelling. Mm-hmm. And so we actually like, I've had employees get in trouble for making PAX is the name of our business. It starts for partnership, adoration, and ecstasy. If they make PAX their first priority, we're going to have a conversation because mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And we have so many lifers, people who never plan on working anywhere else because we keep paying attention to well-being. We keep paying attention to self-expression. We keep paying attention to um like we expect people to have their well-being and their families be their first priority. So no one gets in trouble by saying, I, I'm going to be out of the office. I got to take my kid to the doctor. Okay. Take your kid to the doctor. Can you answer this one question first? <laughs> so it's. Ay, ay, ay. So what I was going to say that's related to that Athena, and it's the other side of what Daryl was talking about his perception of your energy level, your state of mind, your emotional set. Men are so much more perceptive than women give them credit for. And that life force that men receive from us, the biggest surge of that life force is when a woman is happy. Yeah. <laughs> she's having that burst in her chest where she's receiving life force from the energy. And then it's coming out of every pore and the twinkle in her eye and the smile and the skip in her step. That is a surge for men. Mm-hmm. And in the other side of that is you may be dating somebody and on paper, you're perfect for each other, but he's trying to make you happy and he can't. And so he's never going to get to the big surge. And when we're exhausted, nothing can make us happy. 
we're, we're not available to be happy. Mm. And so like there's a, we call it fine. There's a certain level of taking care of oneself where you're fine. And then almost anything makes you happy. <laughs> Even just remembering things that made you happy will make you happy. Or planning something to make you happy will make you happy. And, but it's one of the things that I've worked with men on a lot is they just thought they couldn't make her happy, that they weren't good enough to make her happy. They didn't know she had to do her part first, <laughs> that she had to get to the starting line of enough sleep, enough alone time, enough contact with the people who fill her tank. Um She's got to do that. And one of the ways that men always said it was she's got to have something that fills her up besides me. Because we try to fill ourselves up from our men. And there are things that men do that are so potent in contributing to us, right? Like being touched by a man that we want to be touched by. That's high octane, right? Um my husband, if I if he took a nap next to me, I became restored from having led a workshop all weekend in in half the time, just because he came and took a nap. There's there's so many of these that you know seem intangible, but they end up being tangible, like ways we contribute to each other and ways we suck the life out of each other. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's really interesting how all that lands. And I feel like a woman, uh, a lot of women listening and a lot of what women experience is even giving themselves that permission. It's okay for me to rest. It's okay for me not to have the deadline and being able to give themselves um, that permission. Alison, I'm really interested because I know you've got so many different courses, um, like the foundational <laughs> understanding men, understanding women. For the women who are listening to this, who are successful business owners themselves, and they're wanting to have a successful relationship that they don't have at the moment, which one of your courses would you be recommending them to get their hands on? <laughs> um, okay, if I had to pick one, um, I would pick Lux. Lux. Stands for Liberation, Understanding, and Extraordinary Relationships. It's a little less than eight hours and it'll, it'll knock your socks off because it talks about that in all this time, right? Over 30 years, I think there are only three things that we can control mm -hmm. and, and it's who are we being, how are we listening or what are we listening for and what are we speaking to or speaking for? Those are the only things that we can control. And the speaking is the least important. <laughs> how we're being and how we're listening creates our reality. And um, so, so that one, if there was only one, we have something called the essentials, because <laughs> that's going to be incomplete and it's going to, and it's going to keep poking at the big mystery, which is ourselves to ourselves and each other to each other. So it would be Lux and understanding women and understanding men. And for most people, I would have understanding men be third because it's, it's, <laughs> it's the most disturbing. It's the most 
um, cage rattling and understanding women contrasts. It contrasts that, we call it hunter and gatherer, um, that committed state of mind versus open state of mind and how women can be either and we can be shifted involuntarily into like committed state of mind um, will be this happy, cheerful, gracious, wonderful, funny, fun, whoever we are naturally. And then a man, it matters that it's a man. We got to leave in five minutes. We're like, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> and this happens all the time. We get switched. And so understanding women is about, okay, which mode are you in? Because what works in this mode doesn't work in this mode. And men want to have things that work all the time. But if you can read, what are the signs? Who am I dealing with? A man in a skirt or my lovely wife? <laughs> okay. Allison said, notice how she's walking. Well, she's not walking. She's sitting. Okay. Well, when I walked into the room, what did she do? She didn't even look up. Okay. She's focused. <laughs> she looked up like she was bothered or why you bother me. She's focused. <laughs> she looked up and said, hi, honey. <laughs> how you doing? <gasps> She's open. She's available. <laughs> like, all these different signs, which person am I dealing with? The committed state of mind, the open state of mind, the I, screening out what's irrelevant, which may include me. <laughs> <laughs> and connected to everything, which means she could get overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Is she already overwhelmed? Does she need to empty? So we teach all the skills in the perception and the skills and contrast it with men. So you, in understanding women, you learn a whole lot about men at the same time. And we created that program because after having understanding men where we're <laughs> making a very strong argument for stop doing what brings out the worst in men. Um, we found out years later that, that our, our students, which were all women, their men that they had at home were bringing out the worst in them. Mm -hmm. And, and they didn't even know they were bringing out the worst in women. They thought this is who women are. No, 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 no. We have opposing instincts mm -hmm. and what, how, what men do and what women do in hunting mode to feel secure <laughs> when a woman who's in an open state of mind or a man who's in an open or a play state of mind wanting to connect, we will interrupt their focus in order to try to connect. And we just interrupted what has them feel secure. Mm -hmm. So we try to feel safe by doing something that has the other person thrown off balance and even we just interrupted the piece of single focus. That's one of the things that men say about women, about, about being focused that women don't know. It's a peaceful state of mind to have something that you believe in, you can win at, you're committed to. Even if it's an icky job, you're going to get it done. That's a peaceful state of mind. It's rewarding. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's... Um, so we have opposing instincts if we don't become aware of them and learn some of the things we could choose in that moment, we're doomed. We're literally doomed. 
we we naturally bring out the worst in each other. Mm. It's, that's like the good news and the bad news. Like there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with any of us. We just were born human and human instincts um, aren't pretty. Yeah. When I did Understanding Women, your course, and I think when you use those analogies of the caveman and, you know, the, the um, berry, what is the berry? <laughs> there's the meta report and meta the report. Berry markers. Yeah. yeah, there's berry markers and berry markings. And it was yeah. just brilliant. Like when yeah. I shared that with Athena, it was just like, wow. <laughs> It was just uh, so, it just shone such a bright light. And this is the knowledge and the teachings that we need to know because, you yeah. know, this we're should, always going to have relationships. So it's it's important. This, to this should be like curriculum in primary school, first, you know, the first years of school. Yeah, it's important work. We've, we've taught probably, probably 100 teachers. I've taught over 600 people to teach our work and probably 100 of them were teachers in elementary and middle school, high school. There's even a college course based on the Queen's Code. Um, really? Two of them I've heard of. But but yeah, I mean, it's very uh, communicable. Yeah. And, and young people, small people, they get it quick. Yeah. And... And that was the other thing that came up, Athena, when we were talking in the very beginning about successful women having a successful relationship. In some ways, we have to give ourselves permission Mm -hmm. to have a relationship, have our partnership be our highest priority. Because feminism has taught us that's beneath us. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't make a man our priority. And, but we rise together, sink together. It, 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 there's middle ground. That's right. That's, for That's sure. right. I was really, I was reading one of your, we'll just finish up on, on this. I was reading one of your articles today, which really moved me, which was talking about how the way to end all wars, it's through this understanding, the unification. And I think that's just, it's so powerful and potent. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me.